0: You're listening to a message from Highway Church, entitled, Abiding, Part 2. Enjoy. So Let's put our confidence in Jesus right now. Jesus, we come before you, and we just receive. We receive directly from you by your Holy Spirit. We ask you to unveil yourself to us, to reveal your love, your peace, your power, and your glory to us this morning. We choose to abide in you. We choose to walk in living communion with you. We choose to follow you. We choose to trust you. We choose to know you intimately. And we ask you, Lord Jesus, to to grow us, to strengthen us, to quicken us this morning, that we would leave here this morning stronger a lot stronger than when we came in, a lot happier, a lot more joyful, with a lot more peace than when we came in. We thank you for your peace guarding our hearts and guarding our minds like a garrison. We thank you for leading the way in our lives and in your holy name we gather, amen. Well, we want you to... um, To let your guard down, so to speak. Uh, No one here is going to hurt you. (laughs) And this isn't church like you may have known. If you're first time here, if you're joining us online for the first time. I realized, and and I was one of those people myself, uh, I was done with coming to a church. I was done with man's religion, and I'm still done with it. Because it just doesn't work. And I'm a person that likes results. Yeah. I, don't, I don't like to do something for the sake of doing it if I'm not getting any results from it. So at the age of 17, I began talk, taking long walks at night by myself. And at that point in time, we lived across the street. We were kind of out in the country and there was a public golf course. So I just walk on the public golf course at night. And I'd start talking to God. I didn't know the Bible. I didn't know Jesus. But I wanted to know God, so I would just look up at the stars and I say, God, show yourself to me. Didn't go to church, didn't know anything that I know now, but my heart was sincere, 17 years old. And I did that for about probably uh, two years. Well I, I moved around, I left, I left that area when I was 18, but I continued those talks wherever I was. i just go walking by myself. And before I make any decision, still didn't know the Bible, didn't know Jesus yet, wasn't born again, but you know, God will, uh, God is waiting for you to open the door for him to come into your life. Doesn't care where you're from or what you've done. He's just saying, will you let me love you? Will you give me an opportunity to enter your life and show myself to you? And I I began talking, before I made any decision, uh, I would say, God, what do you want me to do? (laughs) I'd ask him, and I'd have decisions that ended up moving away from the area I grew up in, and, but before I did it, I'd say, God, because I had different plans, and, and as I asked him, I noticed I felt a redirecting of my steps, yeah. and I started doing what I felt he was leading me to do, and he led me to a place in northwest Ohio, near Toledo, Ohio, and I ended up coming to know Christ there. Someone gave me a Bible, and I, I had never read it before. And uh, I started reading in the book of John, and, and my whole life changed. And I thought, this is what I was looking for. I wasn't looking for religion. I was looking for Jesus. And I was, I think, close to my 20th birthday. I was about 19 years old. And I, of my own free will, I gave my life to Jesus Christ because of what I read in the book of John and what I was reading in the scriptures. It was, it was a love like I had never known. But, you know, if you don't read it, if you listen to what man has to say, you're going to miss out on the love that Jesus has for you. Because a lot of the things that man's religion says are simply just not true. They're based on their own wisdom and philosophy. But everything Jesus said is true. And I just couldn't get enough. And I would just read and read and read. And it started in John, went all the way through the New Testament, back in the Old Testament. I just couldn't get enough. And my relationship with him became very strong. And I began experiencing healing and I experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit and, and all the things that, that I was seeing and reading about in the book of Acts and in the New Testament. And, and that's why I'm here today to lead people out of, of confusion and heartache and the pain they've been through into a real relationship with the real Jesus. There's nothing like it. And once you step into that, you'll never want to, to go back to anything else. So that's what we're all about here at Highway. And uh, we're a place where people can come and enter into, or if they're already in relationship, grow in relationship with the one who made them. And it, it's, it's a freedom and a liberty like you have not known. It's, there's no fear about it. In fact, the closer you get to him, the more fear will leave your life. You'll get to a point where all fear is gone because his love will cast out every fear from your life. You'll realize that that there's no condemnation for those who put their faith in Jesus Christ. Satan is the condemner. Satan is the accuser. So we've we've got a whole bunch of good news for you. And there's not enough time in one one meeting together to get that out, but we're going to do our best to give you everything that you need for today that will carry you through this week strong and full of purpose. So last week we started talking about abiding, and uh, we're going to continue talking about abiding, and we have a, a message next week. This is going to lead right into freedom, and it happens to be the 4th of July weekend. So... Don't miss next week's as well. But last week, the Lord impressed upon my heart three things to share with you. And we call the message abiding. But the three opening three statements I made, I want to say them again. I want to encourage you in this because you really have to be purposeful about this. All of us have a free will. And we can choose to do whatever we want with the time that we have each day. And God is not going to change that. When God gives you something, he doesn't take it away. He gave you a free will. He wants you to have the freedom to govern your own life. Man tries to take that away, but God won't. That's where real freedom comes from. It comes from this biblical truth that's revealed in here from Genesis to Revelation that God made man in his image, and God gave him free will and the authority to govern his own life. And God trusts you. God believes you can do it. He does. You know, God believes in you. We talk about believing in God, but God believes in you. He's confident that you're going to choose him. He's confident you're going to realize how much he loves you and all that he's done for you through his son. He's confident that you're going to exercise your free will voluntarily to know him. So the three statements were this. Choose to make your relationship with Jesus Christ the most important relationship in your life. And that's something only you can do. No one can do that for you. Remember, we're not talking about religious sacraments. We're not talking about religious tradition. We're talking about you of your own free will, receiving his love for you, believing in all that he did for you, and choosing to grow in relationship with him. All of us have relationships in our lives but there should be no relationship, and this applies to people who are married, or if you have parents or, a chil- or, or if you're a child or if you're a parent, you have children, there's no relationship that even comes close to the importance of our relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you will make his relationship the most important relationship in your life, all the other relationships in your life will start to, to clear up and take shape. And the ones that don't need to be there will kind of fade away. And the ones that you need to be there will start coming into your life. Relationship is so important. But if you want good relationships in your life, it all begins by making Jesus the relationship of your life. The second thing that that I wanted to share was this statement. To give your full attention to the Holy Spirit in your daily life not to current events. That's a big one, right? Because we are bombarded with current events. And if you don't learn to control your devices and, and, and what you put in your eyes and ears, current events are coming at you at light speed, right? But you can give your full attention to the Holy Spirit in your daily life and not to current events. It doesn't mean you're uninformed, you don't know what's happening in the world, but it means you're not moved by it because you've got inside information. Like 1 John 4, 4, greater is Christ in me than anything in this world, than anyone in this world, than he that is in this world, Satan being the God of this world. I didn't know that when I was talking to Jesus back on that golf course at 17. I didn't know why these crazy things happen in the world, but Satan is the God of this world. God is not causing this stuff. He's not allowing it. He's not in control of the things going on in this world. That is an error that's taught by man's religion, but Jesus never taught us that. He taught us that Satan, he called him the ruler or the prince of this world. Satan stole that authority, but Jesus came so that anyone who would put their faith in him could walk in Christ's very own authority and Satan would be under their feet forever. Okay? So give your full attention to the Holy Spirit in your daily life. And you know what? If that means not looking at the news for a day or two, that's okay. You're not going to miss anything. Because what the Holy Spirit wants to impart to your heart is infinitely more important. Man is is crying out to you to try and convince you that what the world has to say is, is you need to know it. But, you know, you really don't. (laughs) What you need to know is what is the Holy Spirit saying to you today? That's what you need to know every day. Okay? And the third thing was to let the Holy Spirit lead you in your daily decisions, not the proclaimed urgency of the moment. There's always a crisis as far as man is concerned. Many of them are self-proclaimed. Some of them are, are come about through ignorance, through wrong beliefs, through greed, through fear, through insecurity. Don't let any of those things move you. Let the Holy Spirit... And you've got to quiet yourself from the noise of this world. And listen, that means getting alone with God. That means turning your phone off means computers, TVs, everything off, and you find a place, whether it's under a tree somewhere, or it's in your home or your apartment, where it's just you and him. Yeah. And you open the scriptures, and you say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. And you look for the promises of God. You let the Holy Spirit illuminate his word to you. And listen to what he's saying. If you feel you don't have time to do that, you're robbing yourself Of a peace that's not of this world. We have to make time to do this. It is vitally important for your well being. It is. You need that quiet time alone with the one who loves you more than anybody else. All right? And that's what abiding is abiding is to. Live in vital union with. To abide in Christ is to choose to elevate who he is and what he says above everyone else. That's abiding in him. You see, there's a a life-transforming intimacy that Jesus has called you into. It's so deep It goes all the way to your core. It's it's deep, way below all the noise and the confusion. It's all the way down in your heart. He's calling you into this intimacy with him. Now, he calls it eternal life. Religion has messed people up by using that term incorrectly. Let's put John 17, 3 up there. Religion has taught that eternal life is trying to get to heaven. Jesus never taught that. Never. See, I, my eyes were open when I actually put all the tradition aside and actually started reading what Jesus really said. And I found out people would say, well, the Bible says, but then I started reading, oh, actually the Bible doesn't say that. <laughs> what Jesus said, oh, actually he didn't say that. It's amazing when you start reading for yourself and you ask the author of the Bible to teach you his word. So here's what eternal life really means. John 17, 3. And this is eternal life. Tell us, Jesus. That they may know you. K-N-O-W, the only true God. And, and, and you understand, and we said it last week, this word K-N-O-W is a very powerful word. It's, it's an, an idiom that speaks of the way in which a husband knows his wife. Earlier, you'll see it in Matthew, where it said, Joseph knew not Mary until after Jesus was born. It's the same word Jesus is using here. He said, this is eternal life that they may know you as a husband knows his wife. Isn't that powerful? That's what eternal life is. The Amplified Classic says it this way. And this is eternal life. It means to know, to perceive, to recognize, to become acquainted with, and understand you. Man's religion will tell you you can't understand God. Oh yeah, you can. Why? Because he's revealed himself to us through Jesus Christ. You can be sure and certain of who he is and of his will for your life, every day of your life. But you gotta look to Jesus. No one else can show you this. the the Passion Translation says, eternal life means to know and experience you. Doesn't that just change everything? So it's not this hurdle that I'm trying to leap over to get to heaven. It's a relationship that I'm growing in every day. Eternal life is knowing, experiencing God now, today, right here. Now, Satan knows what eternal life is. He's been around a lot longer than we have. And he's trying to prevent you from experiencing God now. And he does that through religion, through condemnation, through fear, through the latest headlines through hatred, through greed, through all kinds of things. But here we are today, it's quiet, we're together, and we're listening. So how do I, how do I enter into an intimate relationship with God? This might be new to you. This might be something that you haven't heard before as you're listening at home. So here I am in June of 2020 after... These past so many months and all that's going on in the world, how do I personally enter into this relationship where I'm experiencing and understanding God? Well, Jesus tells us. Let's go to John 14:6. So you'll find Jesus is someone that we go to daily so that we can understand God because He is God. And and I understand people are trying to be nice and they'll say, well, Jesus was a good teacher or he was a good prophet and a nice guy. But none of those things are, are really capturing the essence of who he is. He was God in the flesh. And Jesus, God in the flesh, said something very revealing. And I want you to know that how, notice how superlative it is. In other words, it leaves no room for another option. So if, if he's a good teacher and what, he, what he's about to say isn't true, he's not a good teacher. He's a little cra- a, a lot crazy, actually, right? May, I, I'd put him in the category of insane if he's a good teacher and he's going to say something like we're about to read. Is that, can we have John 14, 6 up there. New King James is fine. Jesus said to him, He's talking to one of his disciples who was saying, you know, show us the Father. And Jesus says to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Notice he didn't say, I am a way, one of several truths, and an option for life. He didn't say that. He said, I am the way the truth and the life. Now, you don't have to accept that. I understand that. You can say, well. But I accepted that when I read it at the age of 19. And I'm so glad I did. Because I found that as true. <laughs> He's everything I was looking for and infinitely more. He said, I'm the way. And actually, what was going on here, he was talking to his disciples and telling them that where he was going, they, they wouldn't know. And they were saying, show us the way. And he said, I'm the way. I am the way. I'm the truth and I'm the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Man, that's such a relief. Isn't that a relief? You know, I, I, need, I need an answer for my life. I don't need theories. Man has theories. God has none. That's foreign to us. Someone who has no theories. Someone who has no estimates. Someone who doesn't um, project stats and and have models of, of what things might look like. He doesn't have any of that. He knows everything all the time. Always has and always will. He's never learned anything. He's never had to read a book. He knows every letter of every book that's ever been written or will ever be written before they're written. This is the one that we're worshiping. You have to remind yourself of who he really is because if you don't, you kind of get in this mode of thinking like he's a, 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 a just a person a, that has faults like us. But he's not. He's pure Spotless love. He's unbridled. Un, un, He's power limitless. He's your healer. So he said, I'm the way. I'm the truth and the life. Now, I decided to embrace this at 19. And as I embraced this and started looking to him for the answers... I mean in every area of my life including you know when i went to the to to wendy's to eat i'd be talking to god back in the day they had this buffet i loved on thursdays all you can eat buffet at wendy's man i was there so i'd go do my workout and i'd head over to wendy's and fill back up <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't think Wendy's has it anymore. I don't know. I probably, I probably after I kept coming, they said, we need to stop this. He's, he's going to put us out of business. Um, but I would talk to God in Wendy's. No, not out loud. Just in my heart. You know, as I'd go through my daily decisions, I, my heart would be towards him. Yeah. No one would know what I'm doing. You wouldn't notice by looking at me. But my heart in here was zeroed in on him. Before I'd work out, I'd talk to him. I said, Lord, I give my body to you. Be glorified in my body. I read in the scriptures by that point that my body was a temple of the Holy Spirit. That changed my life. So at that time, I was doing different workouts, but um, I, I was swimming. I was doing some free weights, and I would say, Lord, glorify you. Be glorified in my temple before I'd exercise. I'd just sit on the side of the pool or sit on the weight bench and I'd just bow my head and I'd talk to him. I didn't care what people thought. I wanted the way, the truth, and the life leading me in my daily decisions. It's relationship. So how do I enter into this relationship? I put my faith in Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. That's how I enter into this. That's how anyone, no matter where you're from, what nation you're from, because this is for every human being. This is is not an American thing. This is for every tongue, every tribe, every nation. You've got to understand that. This gospel didn't come from America. It started right in the center, in the Middle East, where the continents come together. It's for everybody. So how do I enter into this intimacy? Well, I, I put my faith in Jesus as the way. Not just a good teacher, not a historic figure, but the answer I need for my daily life now. And I talk to him and I, I, I read his word. So Romans 10, 9 and 10 says it this way, that if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. That's what I do. I believe that God, like we said earlier when we are celebrating uh, with communion, I believe that Jesus came for me. Do you believe he came for you? You've got to make this personal. Do you believe that everything God did, he did for you personally? He did. But you've got to know that. Everything he did, he did for you personally. So what do I do? I make this personal. This is personal. (laughs) I make this really personal. He did it for me. He loves me. He came to earth for me. I'm saying this for you too. You understand that, right? This is for everybody. He, he began his ministry of healing for me. Amen. Amen. He set people free. He made the lame walk and the blind see for me. He made the maimed hole for me. He called Lazarus out of that grave for me. He he allowed himself to be arrested and and persecuted and, and whipped and tortured for me. He allowed himself to go to the cross and to be nailed to it and have a crown of thorns pounded into his head for me. He gave up his spirit and descended into hell. He allowed himself to be separated from his father for me. And he went to hell and endured the full punishment of my sins. So I would not have to ever endure that. He did it for me. And on the third day, the Holy Spirit raised him up for me. And he appeared unto his disciples for 40 days for me. And then he said, the Holy Spirit's coming. Don't go anywhere and do anything until you get full of him. For me, and he ascended back to the Father for me, and the Holy Spirit descended into this earth for me. Yes, yes, yes. He came so that I could be clothed with power from on high, so that my spirit could pray to God supernaturally. This is how you enter in, you believe that Jesus is who he says he is. Yes. And he did what he did for you. Okay? Now, you're going to hear some, maybe some of this, what you've heard today is is foreign. And it might sound crazy, and I get that. But to really get intimate with Jesus, you're going to have to allow him to change the way you think. Here's the, the, the... part that we get a little touchy because we like the way we think. Some of us have worked hard to think like we think for many years and you're going to find inevitably when you surrender to Jesus as your Lord, he's going to talk to you about some things, some conclusions you've come to that aren't good for you just like any parent would do with with their child. I I love all five of my children dearly. They are precious to us. But if they're about to make a decision that's going to bring harm to them, I've got to tell them. I wouldn't love them if I kept silent. See, the world tells you, that gives you this idea of love is letting you do whatever you want to do. They didn't get that from Jesus. Proverbs says, better is open rebuke than hidden love. I want God to rebuke me. That might sound funny, but I know he's not going to hurt me. I know that anything he uh, corrects me in is for my good so that I can be stronger. See, it's, this is an Adjustment. It was a huge adjustment for me because I grew up in a crazy family. I didn't understand what love was. I understood what pain was and abuse was and and getting smashed was and and all kinds of fighting was. I saw that. That's what I knew. So to come to someone who was perfect love, I was kind of shaken sometimes, literally. You know, afraid that that God was going to treat me like my earthly parents did and he might just explode one day and and, and come after me but he never did that I had to I had to change the way I thought because I was projecting what people did to me onto God and I had to believe that he was not that way I had to believe that he was who he revealed himself to be in his word that he was gracious and compassionate Slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness. It's called renewing your mind, is what the scriptures say. Look at Romans chapter 12. We're talking about abiding in him, entering into this living intimacy with Christ. It's what you've been longing for and nothing else will satisfy you like this. Romans 12 two. So you can, you, know, you can be a Christian, but have an unrenewed mind. In other words, you haven't changed your thinking. Because you may have put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And yes, you are born of the Spirit of God and you will be in heaven. But you haven't allowed Him to change your thinking. So as a result, you're living no different than you were before. You're living like the world is living. You've got your own opinions and attitudes and you let people have it and you're going to do your own thing. And it's, that's, not, that's not intimacy with Christ. When you're intimate with him, you give yourself to him. Can you trust him enough to give him your dreams? What would he do with the deepest desires of your heart? wonderful things. See, the the one that I'm encouraging you to know will never hurt you. No one can make him do wrong to you. And I know this is foreign. And I know religion will tell you dark, twisted things that aren't true. They'll tell you God put a sickness in your life to teach you something, and that's garbage. That's a lie. No parent would ever do that to a child. And God's infinitely better than the best parent. And things like that, people have listened. As a result, it's, it's hindered their intimacy with God. How can I get close to someone that's going to nail me with a disease? Are you kidding? I, I, sorry, I'm just not going to do that. I can't love someone like that. Come on, we got to have some common sense. We can't allow man's religion to override our common sense, right? If that's, if that's what they're calling a good God, then, then they're making a big mistake. Isn't that simple to know, right? Jesus taught us this. You read Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. We're not going there now. So Romans chapter 12, 2 says, do not be conformed. Romans chapter 12. Verse 2, what does conform mean? That's pressure from the outside that shapes you. It's external, it's being shaped by external pressure, like a jello mold. we <laughs> were talking about this. Back in the 80s, like, jello molds were the thing, and Tupperware. <laughs> But that's that's what being conformed is. And that's what Satan's trying to do. The world's trying to. They're trying to pressure you to be like them. To accept their ideas. To accept their priorities. To accept what they say is right and what they say is wrong. That's being conformed. It's external pressure. That's not intimacy with Christ. Don't be conformed to this world. But look at the the opposite of that. But be conformed transformed. What is transformed? Being changed from internal power, not external pressure. In fact, the Greek word that is used here, metamorpho, is, is the word that we use to describe what happens to a caterpillar when it becomes a butterfly. Same creature, but very different from a creature who Can't move very fast, not very attractive to a creature that's beautiful and can fly. That's what the scripture is saying here. And that's an, there was, see the life inside of that caterpillar was there all along, but that life has got to work its way to the outside. And that's what spending time with Jesus does that when you see when you receive him as your Lord and Savior the Holy Spirit fills you with his life in that moment but it's renewing your mind that allows the life of Christ inside of you to rise to the surface of you and transform you So if I don't renew my mind, that life of Christ inside of me is trapped. See, your mind is the gateway between your spirit and your soul and your body. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove See, this, this flies right against the face of religion. You can't know what God's will is. No, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I know his will for my life. I know it. I've proved it. That doesn't mean I always know every detail of my future. I don't. But I find that he guides and directs me to take that next step. And I don't have to know all the details. I just need to know what's the next step. Many Christians are stuck. The life of Christ is trapped inside of them. It's blocked because of their wrong thinking. Their worldly thinking. Their carnal, fleshly thinking. They're wrong believing, and they've, some of them have been in church for 30, 40, 50 years, and they're not being transformed at all. They're conformed. We don't want to be like that, right? We want to be transformed daily. Now, when I began reading the scriptures, I saw that we have an enemy, and I don't really know what I thought before I ran the of satan before i read the bible i probably laughed and thought it was a joke you know and i remember i was living well, i don't want to i was living with a family member as a kid growing up and an older relative would have seances and come over and do ouija boards and and they they do drugs and and there i was a uh, you know probably i don't know eight nine years old in the midst of this and and you know they turn all the lights off and light their stuff and 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 do their incantations you know and um I saw some things, and I felt some things, but I didn't know, understand who Satan was. But he is very real. He's not a myth. He's not a figment of our imagination. And I began to understand that when I read through the scriptures, that he's an actual fallen angel. He's a spiritual being. And he is against God, and he's against people because God made people in his image, and I found that he's after your thought life. Yeah, that's right. See, if you don't know what the thief is after, you can't protect yourself. If you think he's trying to take your TV and he's after your phone, he's going to get your phone, right? Yeah. What is Satan after? Your thought life. The battleground is here. It's, it's, it's going on in your mind what you choose to allow to stay in your mind. All of us have thoughts. All of us have good ones and all of us have bad ones. But all of us have the power, God gave it to us, to choose which thoughts we allow to stay in our minds. So don't get down on yourself if you have bad thoughts. That's, that's just, you know, traffic. It's just stuff going by, but don't let them stay in your mind. Chew, just, I, I just usher him right back out and I put my mind right back on Jesus and on good things. It's no coincidence that Jesus was crucified at a place called Golgotha. You know what Golgotha means? Place of the skull. Your head. That's where the battle is. That's where he was crucified. Why did they put thorns on his head? Because thorns are a sign of the curse back in Genesis. And man's mind was fallen and cursed. And Jesus took that curse upon his mind at the place of the skull so that your mind could be sound today. See, the Holy Spirit's speaking to you, isn't he? Not an audible voice, but in your heart. I know that. I'm sensing it right now. The world has no answers for your mind. They're trying, and I I appreciate that. I do. I appreciate anyone who's trying to help. But the answer for, for a sound mind is knowing God's love for you, having an intimate relationship with the one who made you. He will teach you to take control of your mind. I needed to be taught that because I had been through a lot. And the Holy Spirit taught me to take control of my thought life and to let the peace of Christ reign in my mind. He wants to teach you to do the same thing. But you got to listen to Him. You got to trust Him. You got to let Him lead you in your daily decisions. He's not going to hurt you. And I had to, I, and by that point, by the time I was 18, I'd had it with the world. I didn't want to live anymore. I'm, I'm just revealing a lot of stuff to you. I hope you don't mind. It's just who I am. I, I was ready to, to leave this place because I had been hurt so much. But there was something that was happening to me when I was talking to God. There was a hope, like, seemed like a little tiny cloud way off on the horizon inside of me that kind of just started growing. And the more I talked to him, the more I wanted to live. Man, thank you, Holy Spirit. This wasn't prepared. God leads me to minister differently, but what I'm sharing with you is happening now. So here's this broken young man that that was ready to end his life. And hope starts rising inside of me because I'm talking to the one who made me. Then I had a hard time thinking clearly because of all the pain inside. But the more I spent time with him, sometimes I'd walk for two and three hours and talk to him. The more I talked to him, the more I could control my mind. The less the pain, the less effect the pain had inside. And then when I started reading his word, oh my goodness. (laughs) The devil was done. That's right. <laughs> it was over. I found what I was looking for. See, I was, before that, I wasn't born again. I wasn't full of the Holy Spirit. I was just talking to God and just that helped. Yeah. But when I opened this book and began filling my mind and heart with the words, the very words of Christ, <sighs> fast healing took place. I went from someone who was broken to whole very quickly. In a matter of weeks, things just were gone from my life. And I had a joy. I was a whole different person because his way of thinking became mine. It was all the the wrong stuff from my past was being kicked out. And I I was regularly meditating on what he said. How we doing? You guys all right? Now, you understand, man's got it backwards. Man is trying, and thank God for any, any good that man can do, and, but man is limited in what he can do for you. And man, like, like Jennifer was sharing, we've all fallen from God's ways. We've all fallen. And man has it backwards, so what does man do? Man exalts the body and exalts the mind and has no idea what the spirit, Or that you even are a spirit or have a spirit. So man is all about the body and the mind. And and, and it's amazing. You'll see all these ads right on our social media, flipping through Insta, and and the next ad, here's the one thing researchers don't know. And this is the one thing you need to be healthy. Right? It's always that one thing that everyone's missed. But Jesus is that one thing. So man exalts the body and the mind and doesn't even know that you're a spirit. Man doesn't, in fact, the scriptures teach that natural man doesn't understand spiritual things. In fact, the scripture says, these things we're talking about are foolishness to natural man. Doesn't even want to listen. This is a foolish uh, religion, fantasy. This is all just a big joke. that that people talk about to try and cope with life. But there is a, a reality that you can only discover by giving yourself to Christ, and it's the reality of the spirit realm. So when I began reading the scriptures, I found out that we actually are spirits. Isn't that amazing? You are a spirit. I didn't know that. And I was into different Eastern philosophies and martial arts, and they talked about the key you know, they called it the center. But I found out that's not true, but that's what they, the best they knew. They are trying to. See, man tries to go into spiritual things, but without Christ, you can't navigate it. You can't, you can't accurately understand spirit. You can be affected by spiritual things, but you're going to get confused. You need the light of Christ to navigate the realm of the spirit. There's no other way. So there were spiritual things happening in that living room when I was a kid and there was a seance going on and, and drugs were being taken. There were spiritual things happening, but they didn't know what they were doing. There, I, I know there were spirits of darkness there. I didn't understand that as a kid, but I could just feel this uh, in the atmosphere. Hallelujah. But that's what man ends up doing. They end up asking the spirit realm for question and putting their hands on this little wood board and and trying to get this guidance from spirits of darkness. Or they'll go to someone and say, you know, tell me what my future holds. What, What do the stars have to say to me? And they'll listen to what this person has to say and they don't realize that there are spirits of darkness trying to deceive and mislead them. I'm not faulting people. People are trying to find answers. But you've got to understand if you want the truth about your, who you are and the destiny that's been prepared for you, you've got to go directly to the one who made you, and that's Jesus. There's no fortune teller. There's no uh, psychic. There's no Ouija board that can direct you into your future. Only Christ can do that. So when I began reading the scriptures, I began understanding that I'm a spirit and that I have a soul, which is my mind, my will, and my emotions, and I'm living in a body. That's what the scriptures teach. We're a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. Man doesn't understand that. They'll confuse the word spirit and soul. You are a spirit. What's your soul? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your soul is not who you are. Those are tools or equipment that you've been given to process things, but your spirit is who you are, okay? And I began reading things, and we'll have to put these up. I'm just going to keep moving here. I, Jesus would, would say things like this in John 4.24, that God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. He said things like in John six thirty six. he says, it's the spirit that gives life, the flesh profits nothing. The words I speak to you are spirit and are life. I began getting an understanding of this whole new realm where life was really at, the realm of the Spirit. But not through a seance, not through a tarot card, not through a Ouija board, but through Jesus, the words of Christ. Many Christians have no idea what the Spirit realm is all about. And they're still looking for answers. So I began to understand the realm of the spirit and that God's word was the spiritual food I needed so that my whole person could be strong. Spirit, soul, and body. Now, your body and your soul are important, right? Of course they are. Your body is important, your soul is important. And they're valuable because God made them. I mean, my goodness. You just, you want to just worship God, study the human body. Wow. Man, you study how the the body and the systems function together, it's beyond what man could ever do. So they're important, and you you study the physical organ of the brain and say, we, we just understand about that much of it, you know? It's amazing, the brain. But the life that will heal your brain and heal your body comes through your spirit. That's why Jesus said, it's the spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. You can't heal your body and your soul with your body and soul, ultimately. There's some things you can do to improve it. But to be whole, the the, the power of wholeness comes from the word of God. It comes from your spirit into your soul and into your body through faith in Christ. Boy, this is good. I'm enjoying this. You know, and, and again, and I'm not faulting man, I, I was right there with it. but man exalts the body and the mind. Man exalts the intellect. And the intellect's amazing, isn't it? How we can reason and think. Wow. And God gave us that ability. But I noticed Jesus didn't praise anyone for their intellect in his ministry. Oh. Don't get mad at me. These are just things I notice when I read. See, I'm, I'm on Jesus. So I'm reading. Now, when I say his ministry, we're talking about the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. He didn't give anyone a gold star for their intellect. Or for their exercise routine. What impressed him? Faith. People who actually believe what he said. That made him stop in his tracks. God wants you to live by faith. Not your body and your intellect. That doesn't mean we don't use them. But I guarantee you, there will come points in your life as you're renewing your mind where your natural mind just and get it, but your heart knows that it's true, you've experienced that already I'm sure, where you know something in here and your mind's like, I don't know but your heart's saying do it, this is the right way to go that's your spirit talking, we're to live by our spirits our mind and our body is to be brought under the authority of our spirit That got flipped when man separated himself from God. When man separated himself from God, he went from from his spirit controlling him to his body and mind controlling him. This needed to be said today. I just praise God for leading us in our time together. Wow. So you find Jesus marveling. Uh, You find one instance where, I mean, there's people were thronging him. In the Bible, we use the word multitudes, and sometimes it gives us a number where it's thousands and thousands, say, you know, 5,000 men, not including women and children. So who knows how many people that could have been? You know, it could have been 20,000 people or more. But these multitudes were thronging him, and people are trying to touch him and grab him. And all of a sudden, he stops. And he says, someone touched me. And his disciples think he's just been out in the heat too long, right? You need to sit under a shade tree, bruh. Right? He said, people, all kinds of people are touching you. But Jesus wasn't talking about the body. All kinds of people were physically touching his body. He was talking about someone's spirit believing in him. Someone touched him with their spirit. And as a result, their body was healed. It was a woman who was suffering for 12 years with an issue of bleeding. There was another uh, man who was a centurion who came to Jesus because his servant was at home suffering and in, in, in terrible pain. And Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. And he said, you don't have to come. Just Speak. I don't need you to physically do anything. I recognize that your word is life. All I need you to do is release your word in his direction and he'll be well. Faith. Jesus marveled at this man. He said, I haven't found faith like this. Not even in Israel. And that included his 12 disciples. Another one came to him, a woman who, who she lived in a, talk about racial, uh, racism. The the Jewish people and the Samaritans hated each other. And she was a Samaritan, a Syrophoenician woman. In fact, if they had to travel and and Samaria was here and they had to go here, they'd go all the way around it to get to where they wanted to go because they wouldn't walk through it. Such hatred. And this woman was of the, of the Samaritans. And she came to Jesus because her daughter was suffering. And she says, Jesus, if you just give me a little crumb, my daughter will be well. And he said, woman, great. Mega, I think, is the Greek word. Mega faith. Great faith. Your faith is great. It's mega faith go your daughter will be made well and her daughter was made well this see this is faith and when you enter into this you'll you'll be able to receive healing on your own no matter where you're at just by believing the word hallelujah faith is of the spirit but What we choose to keep our mind on determines the strength of our faith. So what role does your mind play in faith? A lot. Because what I choose to keep my mind on will determine how much confidence I have in Him. Let me give you just a few scriptures and then we'll pray. Jesus Uh, Yeah, let's go to Joshua 1. Let's do this. Joshua 1. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. This is a transforming morning, isn't it? Hallelujah. Now, this is the Old Testament, okay? But we can learn a lot from the Old Testament. God is speaking to Joshua, who is taking over for Moses, okay? And he speaks to him in verse 8, and he says to Joshua, because Joshua, he's like, what am I going to do? Our leader is leaving, and it's up to me now to lead. And God says to him, this book of the law, God's word, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Now, you understand in in the Hebrew, this word meditate, it doesn't mean this. "Um." (laughs) See, man, to try and get spiritual, will tell you to empty yourself. God says to fill yourself with his spirit. The answer for your life is not in emptying yourself. It's being full of him being filled with His Spirit. Don't empty yourself. Fill yourself up with the Holy Spirit. Invite the Holy Spirit to fill you to overflowing. So meditate in the Hebrew, the godly way, is to keep your mind stayed on what He said and to softly say it to yourself over and over. With the stripes that wounded Jesus, I have been healed. And it also speaks of your imagination. We could read it this way: "Imagine in my word, day and night." In other words, God's given us our imagination. What is what's our imagination? The power to see something before it happens. Imagine in what I've said, day and night. See yourself whole, the stripes that wounded Jesus. I am healed. I see myself breathing freely and walking strong. I might be flat on my back, but that's how I see myself. That's meditating in the word. You see God's promises fulfilled in your life before they happen. It's called faith. And that comes through meditating in the word, not man's version. That you may observe to do all that is written in it. For then, if you meditate in my word... Then you will make your way prosperous. What's God's will for you? To prosper. He wants you to be prosperous. I know there are people who be mad at me for saying that, but God says it, so I'm going to stick with him. And then you will have good success. What's God's will for you? Didn't we just read it? Yes. you telling me God wants you to prosper and have good success? Yes. Every day. Yes. For the rest of your life. Have I not commanded you be strong? And of don't tell people to be safe. <laughs> God says be strong yeah. Yeah. and of good courage. Don't be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you. Are. I know people. Meanwhile, when they be safe, when they say be safe, but underneath there is fear. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, there is. Yeah. Yeah. There's an unknown. Be safe. How about be strong? Be of good courage. Be well. Be blessed. Ooh, that changes things now. Woo! Woo! Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. All right, one more scripture. Isaiah 26, verse 3, and then we're done. Talking about intimacy with Jesus. It comes by believing He is who He says He is and then renewing our mind with the Word of God. You've got to do that. You will keep Him in perfect peace. This is the prophet Isaiah talking about God the Father. He says, You will keep Him in perfect peace, and that's how we say it in English. That if you study the Hebrew there, it says you will keep him in shalom, shalom. It uses the same word tri- twice to bring the point home. And what does shalom mean? Wholeness. Prosperity. So we say in English, perfect peace. Perfect wholeness and prosperity. Look here, here's the importance of our mind, whose mind is stayed on you. That's what we do with our mind. We make it stay on Him. And you have to train it. Because your mind's not actually going to do it. (laughs) Your mind will fight you sometimes. Your emotions will fight you sometimes. And that's what we do. We bring that under the, the authority of God's Word. And we let our spirit control our mind and our body. You will keep Him in perfect peace who thinks whatever He wants to Whose mind has stayed on you. Because he trusts you. You have to trust him to do that, don't you? Trust in the Lord forever. For in y'all the Lord is everlasting strength. The message says this way. People with their minds set on you, you keep completely whole. I don't know how to say it any better than that. Hallelujah. Jesus is inviting you into this life-transforming intimacy with him. But it is not automatic because you prayed a prayer. It's not automatic because you go to a certain type of church. You need to daily choose to listen to him. Daily choose to take these promises. Any one of these ones that we went over today is great. Take these promises, put them on your phone. Meditate on them. As you go throughout your day and watch what happens when you keep your mind stayed on Him, you'll become the person you are destined to be. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this intimate time with you this morning. Wow! Boy, do we need your Spirit leading us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your gentleness. You're perfect in power and yet you're so gentle and so kind. Holy Spirit, I pray for this Highway family. For everyone that's here in this building today and for everyone who's watching online. Lord, do something special in their hearts today that they would Go from being unsure to sure. From being afraid to confident. From being troubled to being untroubled. Lord, let your love blossom inside of them and destroy every fear. Your word is truth. And everything that you've said Every promise you made is for us today and is yes and amen in Christ. Help your people see and know that they are your people, your sons and daughters, and that this love, this life, this wholeness is for anyone who would simply believe in you. I speak life to this highway family life be well be strong be courageous in Jesus' name years.